Guys, welcome back to the Relax Running Podcast. I'm Tyson Popplestone, your host. Really glad that you're here. Wanted to quickly tell you about a couple of things that are going on before we kick off this bad boy. First of all, uh, I started a YouTube channel a little while ago just for all of you who prefer visuals as well as uh, listening to podcasts. So each week I post one video of something to do with running, whether it's tips and tricks or whether it's about gear or training sessions or Hey, there's a, a lot on there. So I've been gone for about a year, but just started to get a little more consistent the last couple of months. So if you wanted to check that out, it is Relaxed Running over at YouTube. Would love to have you over there. Give me your feedback. Give me your tips. I'm still learning how to operate a camera, but we're getting there slowly. So I hope you enjoy it. Also wanted to tell you that the Relaxed Running membership is up and pumping. You might have heard about this before. If you haven't, let me tell you a few things about it. We have, uh, we have a platform, we have a community over there which offers a range of things. A couple of my favorites, training programs from 5K to the marathon, from beginner to advanced. But more than that, we have regular training challenges and training plans that are uploaded. So we've recently uploaded a 28-day running challenge, which is a nice little challenge for new runners to take part in. Um, it covers things from uh, running to strength to mobility to recovery which is really cool. We've also got seven days of strength. I'm in the process of putting together seven days of breathing. And we've got injury prevention uh, routines coming up. We've got tips for mums coming up. We've got a whole range of things. So that's going to be training programs. But we also have an elite video library where you can access the minds of some of the best people in the business. If you didn't know about it or you haven't checked it out yet, we've got a three-day free trial. So if you don't want to stay on after the uh, three days you're not going to be charged you can just cancel that and forget about it so jump on over to relaxrunning.com slash join click on the relax running uh, membership and try out that three-day free trial originally it started with some of these podcasts uh, which was a little bonus feature but i'm starting to focus more on the actual training programs and the elite video side of it which is why i'm releasing a number of the um the old members podcast of which this is one with a great man, Liam Adams. Liam Adams, if you don't know, he's a two-hour, ten-marathon runner. He's been a show. Uh, he's been a guest on the show before, and he's uh, highly admired for his incredible work ethic, his ability for fitting just too much stuff into a real small amount of time. And he's one of the most, most laid-back blokes on the planet. So this is a really fun podcast, despite the fact it was recorded at ten thirty p.m. Uh, midweek. <laughs> He's always a good bloke to, to have on the show. So guys, really hope you enjoy it. If you do enjoy it, we'd love you to jump on over and uh, leave a review, leave a rating. Um, just helps the uh, podcast reach more eyes. Anyway, guys, let me get out of your way. Don't forget to try out that podcast, that podcast, that membership, three-day free trial at relaxrunning.com slash join. But hey, I'll get out of your way. Enjoy this chat with myself and Liam Adams. So my neck gear Wi-Fi router, what it does is like, it's an it's old neck gear, so it apparently blocks all the Microsoft stuff. Oh. So I've been reading up on it on the internet, so it blocks <laughs> like you just your Outlook everything, and now Skype's through Outlook, um, so it blocks that. So I have to jump onto my um, iPhone to kind of hotspot it. 
to log in and then I can change back to it <laughs> to Wi-Fi. So that's yeah, awesome. So I've, got a better connection now. I've already hit record. Do you want to just kick start it? Because I feel like this is all the fun stuff as well that people love to hear from people like you as well. <laughs> just all the little stuff that goes on behind behind the doors. But you're a smarter man than me when it comes to Skype because for those of you listening, so I just got the call from Liam and I could see his good looking head, but I couldn't hear his voice. And um, I was thinking, mate, I hope he's better with technology than I am because I had, and, and just the pressure, the fact that I was watching you do it all, I was like, mate, he's handling this beautifully. <laughs> oh. I, I think you're pretty good at lip reading too because you, you knew what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, Matt. No, it's good. I had the, um, I actually forgot that the footy was on tonight. So while I was waiting for you, I just, you're a Carlton man, aren't you? Uh, yes, yes, I yeah, am. I'm a Carlton man as well, but yes, we don't have to worry about finals at the moment. So <laughs> yeah. We haven't had to worry about them for years and years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's it's going on, shame. brother? It's been a while since uh, I've seen your face. Uh, not too much, mate. Just working and trying to get back into the running and that. So it's just, yeah, letdown after letdown. So COVID's been... Um, quite a headache i should say so yeah 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 in in more ways than it has been for like the average athlete what's been going on because i remember i messaged you the other day and did you say you're up in warrnambool or something doing a little bit of work um i was in uh wodonga doing a bit of work so um i know a lot's changed since we've last spoke um and i've got to say a big congrats to you mate so (laughs) thank you brother (laughs) Yeah. yeah You saw Jesse with a big fat tummy. What what month was it? I was trying to think the other day what month it was that we did our podcast in. I remember when you were here. Um, well, it was face to face, which is a change. That feels like a different a different life at this stage. But I remember you were here saying, "Oh, mate, like I know it's 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 doesn't happen very often in Australia that people will chuck on a face mask." But you said, oh, "I've been thinking about maybe putting one on." And I thought, oh, yeah, maybe, like, if it gets to that stage and then far out now, they're mandatory. So even even that has changed since the last time I spoke to you, which is yeah. sort of highlighting how long ago it was. I'm just I, looking back I, at the podcast. I think, I think it was March because um, that's when I, I raced around then. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty early on with the COVID stuff. Um, Bloody hell. I remember going to your place and getting in the lift and <laughs> and all that and just – being careful about what I touch and whatever else. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, all the, all that talk of what was going to happen back then and what to what actually happened to us in Melbourne. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy times right now. Yeah, I didn't, didn't think it'd get this bad. Well, it's been funny. I think I was, I was really similar. Like, I, I feel like maybe I'm a little bit of an optimist. I remember I was out on a golf course with my mum and it must have been january or february and she's like tice have you heard of this coronavirus i was like mom it's just the bloody news pumping some fear down your throat it'll be gone in two weeks (laughs) (laughs) shows how much i know so i ate my words pretty hard but i felt the same as you like it's sort of it's got me by surprise but i definitely i've got sympathy for you guys just because well you've obviously qualified to run in is that official are you officially qualified to run in tokyo or no, well, the uh qualification period got extended so i think just after my race pretty much every single marathon around the world got cancelled. So I was pretty lucky to get my qualifier in. But, um, yeah, so I was kind of preparing, getting ready to possibly go um, towards the Olympics. And then 
I don't know, I kind of felt like it wasn't going to happen. And, yeah, they ended up announcing that it wasn't going to happen. And then, yeah, training went a bit downhill after that. So it was actually going pretty well up until that point. Yeah, what, so it went downhill based on the fact that it was like, all right, well, we've got nothing to train for in the foreseeable future. Or or what did you have pretty an injury much. or something? Oh, well, pretty much. It was just a case of what was what races are going to happen. There's going to be no mass participation races. So I don't think there was going to be a marathon for a pretty long time, but I still had a little bit of hopes that uh, Australia would keep it on control and that we might actually get some mass participation race, uh, races. So I thought maybe Gold Coast, maybe Sydney, maybe Mel- Melbourne, and then, um, yeah, just never eventuated. We never really got it under control. Um we didn't really have um, tight border security, and uh, yeah, it's yeah. I, I I still don't know when we're gonna race now. So yeah, how how has it been for you? Like yeah, you obviously you sound a little bit flat about it just talking about it now, which is I feel like I'd be exactly the same. Obviously, especially it's just such a weird time. Like based on the fact that without rubbing it in too much, like it, it's sort of like the Olympic time has sort of it's been and gone and it's just a weird headspace to know that all right I should have been there I should have been running um and instead we're in this weird situation and I've sort of been thinking about people like Stewie who's trying to qualify for his first Olympics and is in the form of his life it'd be so easy just to be so easy just to to let it frustrate you but how like how have you sort of navigated it you've just been working more had a little break what's your schedule look like well it was going reasonably well um, up until probably our our lockdown rules where you got the 5K limits, your maximum hour of exercise and stuff like that. And then probably at that point, it was just like, how am I supposed to train properly? <laughs> and, and then it was just like, well, there's no races to train for. So it was kind of just was concentrating on work and uh, I guess – Probably since we last spoke, I was doing a bit of domestic work, um, domestic electrical work. Now I've um, ventured into solar. So, yeah, a bit's changed for me. And um, it's been good doing a new job. Um, It's been exciting. Um, New challenges um, and all that. And I've been enjoying work. But, um, yeah, the fact that I haven't been able to train properly and um, I don't know, like I, I guess I've tried to apply for these permits that are supposed to be available for elite athletes, but I've been told they don't exist. So, um, Oh, really? Yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> I've heard uh, another very different story. Uh, I know there, there's particular athletes and particular squads which are somehow <laughs> getting access to these permits and um, I've been told by the high performance coach for athletics australia that they don't exist and to deal with it so um yeah so i was just well maybe this is a time to just focus on a bit of work try and save a bit of money up um now i'm not on minimum wage anymore so uh, it's good (laughs) so i can now save up for some more international races and uh yeah i guess i've just seen it as like a bit of time to focus on work um and eventually we'll get out of restrictions and then I can train properly. And then once I'm training properly, then I could probably start looking at some international races that 
might exist some some of those like elite races that might exist in the future so um yeah the plan's just been save up some money and look towards that yeah, yeah no fair enough i was just thinking it, it's interesting that you've been told that these elite passes don't even exist because like having a few aussie runners just head over to london to run the london marathon yeah well <laughs> i'd say it'd be pretty hard to run a, a marathon off an hour hour limit for your training so <laughs> Like generally, uh, for my warm ups, I do like a a five k jog for my warm ups and a a five k cool down. So that's pretty much fifty minutes of my hour gone right there. So ten minutes for a session. Yeah, <laughs> I've been looking at a few Stravas. I've been looking at a few Strava profiles lately. Going, yeah, I reckon you're not logging all your details because you seem to be in some pretty good form. But um. Yeah, man, it's a, it's been a messy old time, especially for the, at least as a fifteen hundred meter runner, you might be able to navigate your way through. But as a marathon yeah. runner, you're right. Yeah, with a five k warm up and cool down, it starts to put some limitations on how far you can actually get out and about. So, what have you been doing? Have you just been doing like a? Have you been running every day still? Or um, most days, yeah. Um, well, I've kind of with how strict all this, all the rules are, and I guess the work safe rules that that are in place um i've just tried to make sure i've gone this year without getting sick so um when it's been raining and it's like not ideal conditions to go out for a run then or like i'm super fatigued and tired from work i'm just not getting out there and doing my runs um so i've i've stayed stayed quite healthy in that but um I don't know. I guess my mileage and that's quite low and not running every single day. Um, I try to run every single day, but sometimes I just take the day off just to make sure I'm healthy and stuff like that. Cause if I get sick, then it's as, as a casual, then I'm not getting paid for five days if I'm going to go get a test and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I guess ideally it's just been focus on work, make sure doing the right thing by work, not getting uh, sick, not putting myself in a situation where I can get sick and whatever else. So, yeah, if I, if I, I guess even when I'm working in rural, um, it's, that's quite scary because you're coming from Melbourne where everyone sees us as lepers. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted to make sure I'm doing the right things out there and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't want want to be the one who somehow spread COVID in in rural Victoria. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. That'd been frowned upon. It's um, yeah. man, it must be. You must feel like a new man actually, because I don't know. I don't know if you remember what we were speaking about in the last podcast that we did. But one of the things, man, I had so many messages come through from people who were just in awe of how you were managing like a full time workload with a full time training load with um everything else that's gone on in your life and, and just for people listening it is what time is it here it's it's 9 35 on a um what night is it on a thursday night thursday and yeah, yeah. i thought i was just laughing with jesse before because she's like mate this podcast started late and i was like yeah what do you expect though we're with the great man liam adams and he operates on his own timetable and uh <laughs> it, it sort of made me laugh because i was thinking about the last podcast we did and just how many messages i got from people who I really learned quickly that there's a lot of people who are balancing full-time work with running who listen to this podcast. And uh, the messages that I was getting was like, crap, I've got no more excuses ever not to go out for a run when I feel like I'm a little bit tired. And um, even me, who's been involved in the running scene for for years, as you know, I left that podcast going, holy crap, like that's a a lot of work to 
to sort of balance. So has has there been any element element of it for you that's been a little bit enjoyable just to I don't want to say put your feet up because it still sounds like you're working hard, but has it been nice to just have a bit less to focus on? Uh, well, it's my current role that I'm doing. Um, well, I guess previous years working as an apprentice and under the pump, uh, working 45 odd hours a week and stuff like that. Um, it's been pretty good to be working 40 hours to 42 hours per week. So, um, I'm getting back home probably a bit earlier than I used to. So um, quite common when I was um, working during my apprenticeship, I would like during winter, I would go to work and it's, and it's dark and then I would come home and I'd be getting home and it's dark. So (laughs) it was always quite miserable doing that and then going out doing the run after that. And I don't know, you'd only see a couple of, um, very keen runners um out on the river late at night and i'd be one of them so um whilst everyone else is rugged up at home and with the heaters on um but it's been pretty good now i'm I'm getting a little bit more light i can run in a bit more light now i'm getting home a little bit earlier than i used to so and i feel that it's probably a bit bit less fatiguing than the last few years so it's been good it's been enjoyable work um it's i guess the fact that um the running's basically been taken away so there's Mm. no opportunities to race and that it's good to actually have the work to fall on and focus on at the moment so um yeah i've been working hard and doing doing as much as I can for work um and I guess I'm I'm pretty lucky for the fact that I get to go to work so it's it's been quite painful for a lot of people I guess a lot of people have lost their jobs a lot of people are working from home um and I guess I'm, I'm I'm one of the lucky ones which has been able to go to work and um live a, a slightly normal life i'd say um yeah it's it's quite strange going to work and um doing like laboring type stuff with the mask on and <laughs> <laughs> hyperventilating sometimes just from the fact that you've got a mask on. <laughs> um but yeah it, i'm i'm pretty lucky so um i know that my girlfriend's had her her work taken away from her and um She's also doing uni from home and, oh, it's driving her nuts. So yeah. um, I'm seeing firsthand how how hard it is for a lot of people and I think there's a lot of other people which are doing it a lot more tough than what she is. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty lucky to be yeah. able to, to be, say that I'm working at the moment. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point, man. It's, it's interesting you say it because actually this might be a little bit of a blast from the past for you. Do you remember Lydia O'Donnell? Yes, yep. yeah. So <laughs> I do, yeah. I, uh, great, great girl. So I had her on the podcast um, last week, and I'm actually I'm catching up okay. with her again tomorrow yep. for like a, on Skype for um, we've got like a video section of the membership yep. where members will ask questions about running performance and stuff. And anyway, um, so yeah, for for those listening, Lydia, we first met her 
in Canada back in 2010, and I saw that you got that photo of me, you and Luke Hennessy all in our dressing gowns <laughs> the other day. I I'm did, not, yes. I'm not sure what kind of fashion statement we were trying to make in that photo, but it felt good at the time. And I look back on reflection, I thought, you know what, Tyler, she didn't look as cool as you thought you did. But, man, she was she was on the, uh, on the show the other day, and we were just having a chat about um, you know, obviously the time that it's been for for a lot of us and and uh, mental health is is one of her big passions. And mate, I reckon if there's been one time in my life where I've heard mental health spoken about by so many people, it's now just when you're obviously confronted with so many challenges and um, and, and I guess just such a rare experience to try and navigate your way through that, as you say, people are dealing with loss of job and um, just loss of livelihood. but I was I was interested to pick your brain on, um just how you've sort of navigated it obviously you've mentioned that you've been doing a, a bit more work and laying a bit low when it comes to your running and stuff like that but has there been anything that's helped you out man or how have you like how have, have you fared through the whole time without um you know without without being too corny has it has it been a, a sort of a real challenge for you or have you had any practices that have just kept you sane um well obviously being a runner and stuff like that and um I feel that that's a large identity has been taken away for the moment. Um, I guess it's temporary and it's the fact that um, I'm still able to run a little bit um, is a bonus. I guess it could be worse. I could be injured and not be running for the, for six months. So um, I feel that I'm lucky that I'm still able to run Um Unfortunately, can't run the way I'd like to, but um, just the fact that I can't do what I want to do, um, I feel that that's just the opportunity to focus on other things in life. Um, yep, just, well, obviously it's for everyone right now, it's, yeah, you're not able to catch up with friends, family and stuff like that. If you're in Melbourne, if you're in other states, then you're very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was laughing yeah. before actually when you said um we've be- we've become the lepers to the other states. I think it's because of all the years of giving shit to South Australia. Now finally <laughs> they've got something real dirty to throw back to us. <laughs> <laughs> where where does your allegiance lie with that stuff? Oh, Aren't you originally from South Australia? No, or? actually I'm originally from Gipps originally from Gippsland. Okay. However, yep. I, I spent enough time there to fall in love with the place. So I always feel like such an untrue Victorian because whenever someone <laughs> throws dirt at South Australia, I go, I can't join the party because I yeah. I also man, I'm I'm from Trelgan as well, in fairness. Yeah. Which for we've got we've got a few international members here and just to paint a picture there's not much going on in Trelgan. <laughs> Trelgan. If you if you Google Trelgan, you'll get a bit of an idea of what's going on in that place. So I, I think for anyone coming from a place like Trelgan to throw dirt at any place, no matter what it is, apart from Maui, um, <laughs> we're in a little bit of trouble. But then again, I trained for five years out in Maui, so I probably don't even have enough credibility to be able to throw it out there. So um, I've never really joined the bandwagon to throw too much dirt towards South Australia because, um, well, first of all, I've got too many mates over there now who listen to this podcast who'd be too angry at me. And second of all, I actually like the city. Yeah. yeah I hope pre- to it going. Well, you, I was going to say you would, because I remember plenty of times running from the, the city down to Glenelg Beach and watching you just smoke your way down that, was it Anzac Highway over there? What's the, yeah, the city yeah. to Bay? Um, I'm pretty sure it was, yeah. You'd have some good memories in South Australia. 
Yeah, I, it's well the event that you're talking about, well organised event, and I love running there. So <laughs> um, I haven't done it for a few years now. So um, I actually had that penciled in as one of the events I wanted to do this year. But yeah, um, I don't even I don't think they had that event this year. Um, so. And obviously, with border restrictions, you wouldn't get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Are you a bit of a planner usually? Like when it comes to, say, for example, in March when we were talking about you just run two ten, you were, um, you had your eyes on the horizon, which at that stage was the um, Tokyo Olympics. Are you a bit of a planner in the sense that you sit down and you'll really try and navigate your way towards the races, or do you just sort of roll with the punches a little bit and and just see how you feel as you go, and um, you know, as a result of that, just pick your races out along the way. I think a bit of both, but with what I've learned over the last few months, I feel that um, I think I need plans and short-term goals and long-term goals. So um, the motivation slightly lacks for the fact that there's no no foreseeable goals at the moment or, or races to target and, and stuff like that. But ultimately, yeah, the Olympics is um, – what I want to aim for and stuff like that. So um, I guess at the moment I'm, I'm in a stage where now I can train for two hours per day. So I can now get some good training in, um, relatively good training in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to build a little bit of base towards, I guess, maybe having another crack at a – improving my olympic qualifier so yeah i think that's that's the aim and the goal right now but it's for the race that i'm gonna do next year i guess i don't have a clue what that is so yeah yeah sure actually um i didn't even realize that so our our what's it not our curfew but our exercise limit has gone up to two hours has it yeah yep but we're still restricted to 5ks within your uh within where you live so that but i think they also added you could train within 5ks from where you work as well so that's a little bit of a bonus but um i'm not at the moment i'm working in chugganina so i'm not too familiar with <laughs> where's many, chugganina <laughs> um kind of laverton area so um i think i could pro- possibly train in Altona, but I'd probably be on the limits. I'd go for maybe 1K and I'd be out of the 5K limit. So <laughs> I've just been sticking with what I with what I know. There, there's some good training around where I live, so I just usually run the Maribyrnong River or Mooney Ponds Creek, and I can deal with that. So Yeah, actually, yeah. Maribyrnong River, if you've got one place to be stuck within a 5K radius, that's a, it's yeah. a pretty nice place to run, really. I, got, I think we spoke about this on the last podcast we did, but I've got good memories running along that river when i used to live in footscray i always had some good runs there just seeing people fishing in that dirty water just to... <laughs> that yeah, was they, always they good. catch some big fish um, man i saw them pull in a couple what are they catching down there it'd have to be i always just assumed it'd be carp but what they got a few brim and stuff swimming around uh i'm not sure but um i think it was maybe a month ago they had a seal swimming around near anglers so yeah that's that's probably about 8k up from up the river so so you need yeah. a big net to bring that one in <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh i think the the area that you like to run that gravel path towards brimbank 
Um, I could possibly only run about a K of that until I'm breaching that limit. So, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. I can't run that good trail right there at the oh, moment. Man. I've if just there's... been sticking around, sticking around close towards um, Aberfeldy Athletics track and stuff like that. Yeah, you've been that way for years now, haven't you? It's good. I um, because I haven't lived in Footscray where I was when I was running there for. 10 years. So, what well, you've always been out that way. Because Aberfeldy was your yeah. home track for as long as I can remember as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty good, I guess. Um, I'm just so familiar with it now that when it's pitch black at night, I can uh, run on the gravel trails or on the grass and know exactly where every little um, stump is on the ro- uh, on the pass and stuff like that. So, <laughs> it's so handy. It's kind of good. <laughs> Man, I was um I was talking to Julian Painter the other day. You'd know Julian Painter, wouldn't you? He's yes. a, a he's going back a couple of years now, but um so he was a gun runner obviously in his time, and now he's he's taken up to the road bikes. So it was funny. I think if there's if there's one group of people that I feel more sorry for than runners when it comes to the five k radius in oh. training, it's these cyclists. I go, yeah. I said to him, I go, mate, like how have you been handling it? And he's got some setup where it, he's on like a stationary bike. I can't remember the name of it. He's on a stationary bike and you pretty much log in all around the world and it measures your body weight. It measures your, um, I can't remember exactly what it is, but there's pretty much a virtual race that you do. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Oh, I have. And it looks pretty good. I think a lot of people have been doing that at the moment. Yeah. You'd have to. Um, I think we need to, we need to get something together like that for, for us runners because, um, yeah, it, for a marathon runner, it might be nice. Maybe not for so much for a 1,500 3K runner. But um, as you was talking about that, I thought, yeah, if uh, I feel like cyclists sort of have a, a little bit better reputation when it comes to technology and investing a little bit of money into their sport than than what we do. So maybe it's a little bit out of budget for some of us. But um, I think the apps, uh, was it Swift? Yes, it was yeah. Swift. It was called Swift. Yeah. Um, so he was. I think he was just pumping along some – uh, long cycles in his in his room he said mate on a sunday afternoon now i just set swift up or I, I set my stationary bike up get a couple of good podcasts lined up and just ride for four or five hours <laughs> and i yeah. was thinking gee that's a that's a real commitment have you got a treadmill at home I, th- I think that's kind of normal though for cyclists though so they'll be out on the bike for four or five hours so um that's kind of norm but uh have you have you seen that they've been pulling over cyclists along beach road so that's a hot spot for cyclists oh. beach road uh police have been there pulling over people making sure that they're in their 5k limit so um for those cyclists they definitely have to stick stick by the rules and stuff like that yeah beach road i don't know if police are getting paid i've got to be careful here because i've got plenty of mates who are police officers as well who uh, and nothing against police officers obviously but in terms of i don't know if they're getting a commission um for for finding people out on beach road but i tell you what beach road would be if i was getting a commission as a cop that would be the road i hang out to pull <laughs> pull up the cyclists because but it is a it's a bloody popular spot isn't it for it to get out and about yeah definitely yeah it's a hot spot for cycling yeah so funny. Um, but, it seems so. I don't know what your thoughts are, but it seems so strange to me that um, that like people out in the sunshine who are just copping some exercise and stuff have so much attention focused on them. It sort of does my head in. Yeah, by themselves, isolating and all stuff like that. Oh. It's, yeah, you look at some of the rules and you think, oh, well, com- surely common sense prevails and stuff like that. And I guess like on on my runs on like when I was up in Wodonga or well when I was staying in um Rutherglen there's I was running a lot on the um 
rail trail out there and a lot of people weren't wearing their masks but obviously when they'd get close to someone like I'd run past I'm I'm definitely giving them their space because I'm running and I don't have a mask on but they would as I'm approaching they'd always chuck their masks on and stuff like that and you feel that like they, they they might not be wearing their mask but they're doing the right thing by putting their mask on when someone's close and surely surely that's fine yeah i was i was laughing so much man when i heard the rule come out that um as a as a walker you had to have a mask on but as a runner you could run without it i was like mate please don't google galen rupp anytime soon because you're going to see that there's no dramas (laughs) at all for us to run into mark he's busted out some real fast marathon ones (laughs) with his little mask on but um yeah thank god i don't think they've i say i just i just use it as an excuse to um to go out and about and enjoy not having to wear one and even though I think this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen, I can't believe I don't have to have it on if you, if a walker does. It's just so freeing, just like you said before. It's so nice not to feel like you're being suffocated. Yeah. Probably worse for you having it on all day yeah. at work. My my auntie – sorry, my auntie. My cousin is a, a nurse, and she was saying to me, she's like, dude, I've got – she had like this weird uh, – well, she, she, she said she had this weird little rash going on on the side of her face. I was like, yeah, what's going yeah. on there? She's like, mate, my mask was rubbing so hard against my face oh. that um, after eight hours, it just starts to get real dirty, real nasty. So I probably should just shut up and stop complaining when she's wearing them for eight <laughs> hours. I and my runs these days are 40 minutes, so I've really got nothing to complain about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you been following much of the international stuff with the with the boys over there who somehow managed to get some elite pass that allowed them to travel out of the country? Uh, yeah, I have, and um, I think they didn't have um, complete, like, Athletics Australia wasn't going to allow them to use travel on the insurance and stuff like that, so uh, I have been paying attention because I was looking towards maybe doing a marathon towards the end of the year, but um, what that was going to require for this marathon was... Um, it was going to be two weeks quarantine, so hotel quarantine, um, where I would be stuck in a hotel room. And I think the race had organized to get a treadmill in. So I guess it was kind of good that I was still able to run and stuff like that, but it wasn't really going to be ideal preparations for a race. Um, but then the issue was going to be stuff like um, trying to get back into the country. So I heard a few of the guys which have gone to London, um, they've already had their flights cancelled to get back to, back into Australia. So, oh, um, really? Yeah, so it, it's looking like they don't know when they're going to fly back to Australia. And I had heard all these stories previously um, of people stranded over overseas. So it was kind of a little bit off-putting that that was going to that was going to be the case where I might be stuck in a country and then you're spending X amount of money per night on hotels and whatever else. And it was just too risky. Um, it was, yeah, paying for flights, accommodation, and then going to pay um, three plus grand for um, quarantine coming back into Australia. Um, it was just like, it's, it's not feasible. So, um, and for me, um, probably haven't had ideal training recently so i probably couldn't justify spending all this money to do these trips and spending more than four weeks in a hotel room 
for quarantines and stuff oh, like that. So. Oh, bro, that would do your head in, wouldn't it? I was actually, yeah, I was yeah. going to ask you about that. I was going to ask if you'd considered trying to escape any of the restrictions here and trying to get over there, but that's a really good point. So I didn't even think about the fact that um, – because who have we got? We've got Brett Robbo's over there. Um, Julian Spence has gone to run it as well, uh, has he? No, he's, he's injured and he's pulled out. Um, I believe – Jack may have pulled out as well. Um, but then there's Sinead and Ali who are also over running London. So, yeah, there's a couple of Aussies there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and even if you got there, what? so was that was that London that you were talking about? No, no. Nah, nah. Oh, well, the race that I was looking towards was later in the year, so towards December. And there's talks that it was going to improve for the amount of people that they were going to allow back into Australia. I think there's a, a limit of maybe 400 per day um, to come back into Australia. So there's a real restriction on flights coming back into Australia. So there's plenty of flights being cancelled. And wow. from what I understand, there's people which have been stranded overseas in, say, Portugal or whatever, and they've been stuck there for three months. And um, there's stories that they've overstayed their visa so they're afraid to leave um, their complex and whatever else because if they get pulled up, then they get arrested and go to jail <laughs> and whatever else. Whatever Jeez. It is. So. It sounds like a, a Julian Assange story. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, you're hearing all these uh, horrific stories um, with international travel at the moment. So it's, yeah, just just probably not worth it at the moment. Yeah, it's a good point. Maybe, maybe next year it might improve. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. It looks like even even here in Melbourne with the with the lepers that we are, I love that expression. So I'm going to steal that. I've already stolen it twice in the 40 minutes that we've been chatting um, with the lepers that we are. Like our our um, restrictions have started to ease very slightly, and I've never been so excited to check numbers. Not because of the fact that I'm necessarily super worried about it, just because I know that it means the Victorian government. Uh, I, that seems to be the the gauge that yet yeah, they're using to. To, to move them along. So every time I see that those numbers drop, I get so excited. It's like seeing that you've got another Instagram <laughs> follower, but the reverse, every time the number gets lower, I get excited. <laughs> yeah, um, um, but yeah, but to come back into Australia at the moment, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That'd be, that'd be a little bit tough unless you had got the, the hotel quarantine from a few months ago when you could have just wandered the streets anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just tell the security guard, you're just going to Crown Casino to do some shopping. <laughs> it's all fine. Man, I wanted to ask you actually because you mentioned that it like even if you had a considered going overseas and they had to put a treadmill in your room for a few weeks, um, h- how do you find run on the treadmills? Is that something that you're a fan of? Because I was always like when I went to, on my honeymoon to Bali, um, and that was in 2011, so I was still running pretty seriously. And I remember for the 10 days that I was there, I was I was still pumping out my I was trying to just do my regular training on the on the treadmill and I, I never felt like it, it really converted super well for me when I got back onto the road. Now I could never figure out if it was just like a placebo thing or whether it was just like there was actually a physical difference. But how do, how do you find the, the treadmill running? Is that something you've got much to do with? Well, I don't really do much treadmill running. Um, yes. Uh, uh, I guess I dislike it a fair bit, <laughs> but um, I've used it a couple of times. So, say, going into Rio Olympics, um, I was using a, a heat chamber at um, Victoria University. So, obviously, I'd need to get, a, get in a treadmill and do a bit of training there. So, I was maybe doing that once or twice a week. 
um, in the heat chamber. And what I was finding was on those days I was using the treadmill um, after, let's say, a hard session, I was generally using it for just jogs and stuff like that. Um, I was finding that it actually was improving a bit of my recovery and stuff like that. So I'm not quite sure. Maybe it's less impact and stuff like that and it's helping your stride, whatever. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I don't reckon a treadmill um, would be able to keep up with the pace that you even do your easy run. So it's probably just the fact that you're running 20 <laughs> well, seconds a K slower. <laughs> it's funny you say that. Um, I I had a trip with Charlotte to Buenos Aires. I, I won some flights in a in a race, and um, we were running around Buenos Aires a bit, but it's quite chaotic. So if you've got a green light in uh, Buenos Aires, you could be just on a pedestrian crossing. And you nearly get hit by cars or bikes, and I was just like, "This is too, this is too risky to go for these runs." So I started using the treadmill in uh, Buenos Aires, and um, <laughs> uh, I cranked it up a fair bit, and um, I actually broke the treadmill. <laughs> yeah, it, it's I'm just running along, and um, I just noticed that the belt was slipping as I'm running, and then it just got to a point where it just wasn't actually there was the motor stopped running so uh, <laughs> and so was it a bad treadmill or you were just going at a pace that had never experienced once the treadmill uh, starts giving up you know you're in good form i'm not sure i i thought it was an okay treadmill i, I think i got it up to a reasonable speed but then i just felt it slipping and then um yeah, I was forced to go back onto the roads and uh, risk my life again. So <laughs> that I think that little trip was just before my first marathon. So um, I think what I, I did, uh, maybe seated a surf, and then I went into my first marathon. I think was it 2013 or 2000? Yeah, 2013. Um, and yeah, it was Melbourne Marathon. So it was a few ma- months out, um, out from Melbourne Marathon. I kind of that was where I started my marathon prep was probably after that trip because I wasn't getting good mileage on that treadmill. (laughs) (laughs) How long did you say you were over there for? Uh, I think it was maybe a week and a half. Um, Yeah, something about that week and a half, yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad time to navigate because even if you missed a couple of sessions in a week and a half, it's not a big drama, is it? But like once you start chucking in, I guess, four or five week trips, that's where it starts to get a little bit a little bit more messy, but yeah, I could handle it for a week and a half. That's so funny, man. That's such a bragging, right? Such a Liam Adams story. The fact that you were running on a treadmill and the treadmill gave up. I um, I was tend to. Have you ever heard of the bloke Zach Bitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Zach Bitter was um, uh, I, I actually saw him on the Joe Rogan podcast a couple of times, and and I thought, man, what an interesting guy. And I thought I'll just I saw Inside Running Boys had him on, and I thought, oh, that's a that'd be interesting. Like he'd be a really interesting bloke just to. Um, to have a chat to so just I reached out to him and it's always crazy in situations like that when they get back to you and go mate I'd love to be on your podcast but but he came on and it was just after he'd run that he, he ran a world 100 mile record on the treadmill did you ever see that I, I saw a little bit of it yeah <laughs> and as soon as it came up I thought mate 10 years after your professional career I reckon you're going to have to start going down that direction because I reckon there's it, it, just something Liam Adams all about that. And I know our listeners know who have been listening, especially the ones who listened to the to the last podcast we did and, and were inspired by the amount of work and just the amount of action that you fit into your day. Um, 
I reckon I reckon that'd be fun to to watch, and you'd have a pretty natural audience behind you to cheer you on for that record, as it is just knowing what it is that you're already capable of. <laughs> Would you ever like? Have you got any interest whatsoever in that distance beyond the um, beyond the marathon in a competitive um, sense? Possibly. I feel that if I was to say yes, then I'd be. And if I was to go start doing those events, then I'm probably signalling that um, I'm coming to an end with my marathon career. So I'd kind of stick clear of it. But I'd say possibly in the future, yeah. But I'd hope no time soon. But. Mate, great, great answer. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, the year that you've run a 210 marathon, if you told me you were moving up to the 100Ks, I'd probably have to get you in a headlock and, and try and talk some sense into yeah. you. Who knows? Maybe there's a, a case of a bit of overtraining and stuff like that. You go to a 100K run and you just go, oh, it's a sprint, a marathon. So who knows? I guess it's to do with your training philosophy and your headspace and stuff like that. So whatever you feel that's going to make you run a faster marathon. But I kind of feel that maybe I'm a, a little bit admitting that I'd be over the marathon if I was to go do something like that. Yeah, well, the other the other bloke actually that I think would probably target that well and truly before you is is Dion, Big Dion Spinocchiaro. <laughs> he um, I, he, I believe he, he's going for a fifty k the fifty k Australian record. I think at the moment, I think yeah, in well, a few weeks time. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that because I actually I saw I actually didn't see it properly, but I saw briefly that Dane Verway posted something about. Um, a 50k run and I saw that like Dane's face was on there Dion's face was on there I actually I'm sorry to whoever it was the other bloke I can't remember who the other bloke was but I assume there must be something big going on there but um, <laughs> yeah the, the 50k is a funny one as well because he was on the podcast a while ago and I I asked him I said mate like like the Australian 50k record is that something that that you reckon you'd be capable of he goes mate I'll run it tomorrow <laughs> he goes, it's, just, it's not something that I've necessarily put a lot of attention to but um, that was one story that, that got a bit of attention last time you were on as well, that, that day that you just went out for your 50K run a bit faster just to see how you went. And yeah. pretty much what did you do? You got home and you missed the, the Australian record or something by seven minutes. <laughs> uh, something like that. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Seven seven minutes is a fair distance though. But, um, yeah, I was a little bit surprised that I was even that close. So, um, that story goes through my head so many times when I'm on like a 30-minute run and I feel a little bit hungry. Like, oh man, I wish I was a little bit closer to home. I go, come on, Toss. Just Liam Adams did a 50k run with no food in his belly, almost broke the Australian record. Just go, just finish your run, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I wanted to, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit. I know we touched on a couple of the Aussie guys going over there, but um, it's been been pretty cool to watch Big Stewie take down some times this season, hey? Oh, he's flying at the moment. It's absolutely incredible to see, and I guess recent events. Oh, well, Zadipek last year and a few other events have just showed that he's just progressed really well and now he's at that level. He's at that international level where he's challenging the best in the world and it's incredible to see. He's, I think, what he's... He's ready to take the crown off Craig Mottram. So, yeah, I, I guess it'll be exciting when he goes and does another 5K because... <sighs> I think that that's, if he gets that record, then hands down, I guess he, he gets the crown for um, best Australian distance runner ever. So, yeah, yeah it's exciting to see. 
I was having this chat with my mate the other day because obviously, like once you once you start getting that conversation, like the fact that we're having a conversation about who is this best Australian distance runner of all time, I feel like you, you measure it on so many different ways, don't you? Like obviously, um, so my mate Jocker, who's the bloke I was talking to about this, we were saying, okay, is he the best ever? And then you go, all right, well, like you chuck out a couple of names like Craig Mottram as you just did, and you say, I think that the one thing is the times, and the other thing is putting it on the track when you got the opportunity on like a on a world scale. And I think yeah. Mottram probably he probably had the luck in the sense that, um, like at the height of his career, the Commonwealth Games were here in Melbourne, Australia, in front of probably the only time you'll see a hundred thousand people cheering for any distance runner is in a situation like that. So I think that sort of that threw his name out onto a, a big mass scale here in Australia. But then when you come to the times, like I, he never did it, so I don't know if it's true. But you look at you look at. Um, Mottram's 3k time 7:32, and you go all right like I reckon on his day he probably could have broken 7:30. maybe he didn't do it but maybe he could have but I was trying to figure out what I think's better like what's it what is a better time in your opinion do you reckon it would you take a 7:28 for 3k or a, a 12:55 for five I, I guess they're probably on par with each other really they pretty much are on par um I probably think that 12.55 might be the one that Stewie would probably prefer over the 3K record. Um, and I think he'll be gunning for that. And he's obviously showing that he's capable of it. He, he's gone quicker than Mottram over 3K. Um, probably chuck him in a 2K race right now and he's got Mottram's uh-huh. record as well <laughs> for that. So What was that, 4.50? <laughs> Yeah, 450 is Mottram's record. Um, That's so crazy. Yeah, he shows that he's capable of that. Um, He just needs a a special event created for him, like what happened in 2006 for Mottram. So, yeah, maybe you might see that this year. Um, One of the Telstra A events, well, Melbourne Track Classic, you'd you'd have to say that that could possibly be an event that they might do. So, yeah, yeah, wait and see. And do you know Jess Hull? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Man, you've got to put in a good word one... for me because I've I've tried to sneak into her Instagram inbox to tell her to come on my show, but she hasn't seen it. I think I've just gone straight to her spam folder. So put in a good <laughs> word for me because I'd love to get her on. But man, I've been so excited watching her run around as well. Like every time I see hers and and Stewie's and and in fairness to the boys as well, like um Big Maddie Rams and like he's he's probably a little bit forgotten at the moment just because of the fact that Stewie's just busted out some gigantic races. But even he got out and ran a 4.55 for 2K over in Perth a little while ago, didn't he? Was it 4.55? Like, it was something ridiculous. Yeah, yep. Um, 4.55 in basically a time trial, um, having a few people jump in and jump out, but that's still incredible to do by yourself, especially um, in the situation where he may have been thinking that there might not be races in the future, so let's just do a, a time trial instead to – um keep fitness and stuff like that so yeah he's he's had a great season too um he's just gone to another level and i'd say that next year you'll see even better results for him so um he could be looking at his first olympics as well um yeah so exciting for all these up-and-coming juniors coming up um jess i um I went on a world cross-country team in, I think it was China. She was under 20s, and she's a lovely girl, really kind and friendly. Um, so 
I remember her from there, but uh, I guess I, I obviously probably haven't seen her since then. She, <laughs> she's been overseas at Oregon, and that's right. Um, lives in New South Wales, and um, yeah, World Champs. I wasn't, I didn't go to World Champs, so um, I guess I probably haven't seen her since that China trip. So yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> so don't. Mate, you sorry, might you, mate. you might have as much like getting into her inbox as I would. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think she's, I think she's uh, got a new management squad. So you might have to look at that to try and email them. Yeah, I don't, I can't do it. I can't be bothered with it. It's so fun. I get yeah. so greedy because of the fact I've been in the running scene for so long, and I'm, I'm lucky enough to know a whole heap of people that when someone sneaks through like that, I go, hang on a sec. Like, why aren't we mates? What happened? I've been out of the game for too long. And then, what, like, my my lack of love for emails just doesn't allow – I can never speak the lingo that managers require from me. I reckon I've had a zero – like, I would say my success rate to getting through a bloke like you is, is close to 100%. But once managers start coming into it, I go, hello, Tyson here. Would you mind letting me do an interview with Jess? They go, sorry, mate, she's flat out. Send through your downloads. I go, I can't be bothered. Okay, just please tell her to come on. <laughs> oh, Maybe try a, a, a Facebook message or an Instagram inbox. Um, who knows? She might respond knowing that you've got friends in common and stuff like that and might be very willing to do so. So well, I don't know. So- I don't, you may have already tried that. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. Um, it, it like there's there's such a there's such a beautiful cross line like a little crossover between um just trying to get someone on the show and trying not to be that creep and i remember with jen gregson as well because i've seen she's got one hundred and fifty thousand people or something that follow her page and from what i've heard she has a few sketchy blokes trying to sneak into her inbox just to say hey jen how you going and i turned out i was one of those blokes just got hey jen come on the podcast anyway i'm a really good bloke anyway um uh heard nothing which is fair enough i would have completely ignored that message and then i had big geordie williams on the show and uh we had a blast man like geordie's he's just the he's one of the best blokes and easy guy to talk to and uh just randomly they were up in queensland i think they'd just done the noosa bolt and i got a message back going oi i'm sitting here with geordie and he said i should come on the show so let's do it and i was like oh thank god (laughs) so i have to try and it's because i just felt like such a creep for a couple of weeks but um Man, it's always a relief when you get to the other side. But I think, did I ever tell you what happened with Nick Simmons? No, no. Go oh, ahead. <laughs> bro, it was just, it was funny. I um, uh, just, I'm sure the listeners would be interested in this. I, I, I shot him a message because you can do like a voice recording on Instagram. And I shot him like yeah. a little Instagram voice recording. And um, just to say, hey, Nick, got this podcast going. Just had Andrew Weeding on. Tried to use that as a point of reference just to say, hey, we've got people in common. Anyway, I hadn't done enough voice messages before, so I got halfway through, and I didn't realize that when I took my finger off the actual recording, it just sent. So I was halfway through the recording, and it didn't work, and uh, I, and I, I made a, a little tongue-tie or something. So I was like, hey, Nick Tyson here, like, got this podcast, blah, blah, and then I got tongue-tied, and I was like, oh, um, oh bloody stupid, dumb Instagram or whatever, and I took my finger yeah. off the button just getting ready to delete it. And next thing I know, it said message sent. And I was like, oh, no. And then, bro, like 40 minutes later, I just got this this little notification to say it's been seen. And I was like, oh, no. And I never heard anything. And I thought, you know what? I think my respect's just gone up. The the fact that you didn't respond to that's made my my respect for you go up. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh, I'm pretty bad with, like, instagram and that i've got like notifications off and i probably haven't checked my instagram for three or 
three or four months. So I guess you're kind of lucky you just text me oh. the other week to <laughs> ask me on. So yeah, yeah, so happy, mate. Yeah, I reckon if it wasn't for this relaxed running stuff, I'd probably try. And Jesse does most of my social media as it is, thank God, because I'm a little bit the same. I just I've got a reputation amongst a lot of my mates for for having a lot of seen messages in the inbox as well. So I've got there's probably about 400 people in my life that thinks I want nothing to do with them right now based on the fact that they've seen that I've seen their Instagram message. <laughs> haven't got back to them, but uh, I've got to lift my game in that department. But, um, mate, just before I let you go, I, I posted a message on the members forum today just to say that I, um, I'm going to take a couple of questions just for the great man, Liam Adams. Do you mind if I throw him at you? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. There'll be something interesting in there. I well, I actually I actually wanted to bring this up to you earlier because you touched on it when you were talking about the long working hours that you do um, and the fact that you get out for a lot of late runs. So um, Matthias Carlson, I hope I'm saying, I see this bloke's name all the time. He's a great fella, Matthias. I want to say M-A-T-H-I-A-S. That's Matthias, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, good. Um, all right, here we go. Would would be interesting to hear his thought. Oh, actually, I'm going to ask his second question first. Since okay. he's working and running, he'd probably be out at at odd hours. What's some of the weirdest and dodgiest stuff he's seen on the run? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I've seen many things. Um, some things I won't say because it's yeah, it's things you don't don't want to see um but that's from a morning run i'd say that that's probably the worst thing i've ever seen was coming across something in the morning um like someone had committed suicide off a bridge Uh, that's probably the worst i've ever seen um but the probably the strangest and probably funniest thing i've uh seen was probably running around my local river um, late at night, I think it was probably about 11 o'clock at night, no one else on the river, running a past, just along the path, just a bike path, and um, <laughs> a young couple <laughs> pretty much naked <laughs> on, a, on a bench. And then they've gone, oh, oh, crap, and kind of covered up. And what, myself, so they've seen you? And- Yes, they've seen oh. me, but I actually had Wallet there running with me at the time as well. Oh, and we would have loved that. In tears. We were both laughing. <laughs> we thought it was hilarious. Um, if, there was, if there was one bloke you would want with you at that stage, it's Wallet. <laughs> yes, yep. That's something that he'd probably, yeah, he probably still brings it up every single day <laughs> when he talks about running. But, um, yeah, that was quite funny seeing something like that. And, oh. uh, yeah, they were very... They were very embarrassed when we ran past them, and they didn't. Uh, I think it was quite, it was quite by us. We kind of just didn't laugh at the time, but we got about twenty meters ahead and just processed oh. it all and just started laughing. Oh, that so is so good. I'd say that that's probably the weirdest thing I've seen on a run. Oh man, dude, that first one's intense. That's uh, that's crazy. Yes, uh, yeah, it was a bunch of us. I think. We had a few guys travel from the other side of the city and we're just going for a long run on that Maribyrnong River Trail. So I know, yeah. Underneath the EJ Whitten Bridge and we, yeah, the body just looking like it's plastic. And yeah, it was, yeah, pretty horrific and shocking. 
Um, yeah, and then within a minute of us running past and then coming back, I think there was police already at the scene. Oh, so, wow. That second yeah, one's we- way more fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't even mention that other one. So, nah, man, yeah. it's, it's it's really interesting to know. Far out, I reckon we got more than we bargained for there. I actually I actually know that bloke is um is a is a train driver, so he's got a couple of interesting stories himself. Oh, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, far out, this just got dark, bro. It's getting too late. This podcast. Yeah, all no, that. no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, all right, and same bloke, Matthias, legend. Here we go. I actually don't know what shoes you run in, so I hope this sentence, uh, this question is still relevant to you. Um, would be interesting to hear his thoughts about the new carbon plate or maximal stack shoes. Do they actually make a big difference to performance? Been a hot debate, especially since they decided to ban the shoes uh, with more than 25 mil heel drop from the track. Yeah, I, I tend to think that uh, since the inter- introduction, yeah, they probably went against the original rulings for shoes and stuff like that. Um, But they seem to relax that rule uh, and allow this propulsion through the carbon fibre spring plate. Um, Yeah, it probably shouldn't exist, this technology, but they've allowed it. And I guess at Rio Olympics there's people wearing these shoes and I guess they're prototypes at Rio Olympics. And I think there's probably maybe five to six athletes which were wearing it at the Olympics. And the first three guys were all sponsored by say a Nike and they were all wearing that exact shoe. Um, And I, I feel they make a fair, a large difference in your performance. And the fact that, um, there's a large stack height and it's quite soft and you get that propulsion from the actual carbon plate. You get that spring and that toe off. It assists your toe off. Um, I feel that you actually don't fatigue as much as you probably should in a marathon. And from what I used to wear, um, look, I find that the last 10Ks are a lot easier in a marathon compared to what they used to be like i'd be well beaten up just for the fact that it used to be a case of you'd go a light shoe something which is soft and whatever else but a light shoe and now it's these massive chunky shoes um and yeah i guess you do you don't as fatigue as much and you don't have that impact which would cause fatigue and soreness and cramps and whatever else yeah and it's it's quite strange before they came in with that rule for um, the track. It is, it's been funny over the years. So I probably don't run the track that much anymore, but I've well and truly noticed that um, back when I was running track, um, you would always opt towards the spikes. And mm-hmm. if you're wearing flats in a, a five, you wouldn't even see flats in a 5K. So you'd be wearing flats in maybe a 10K, and that generally meant that you're nursing an injury. So yeah, um, that's so you're true. needing a bit of yeah, <laughs> you're needing a bit of cushioning to get through the race and survive. And and then over the last few years, it seems like everyone's opting towards these big um, cushioned shoes over these spikes, and 
yeah, obviously everyone knows these shoes improve their performance and everyone's going for these shoes over what used to be seen as the golden standard of wearing spikes, light, fast spikes, which were quite minimalist and which we, you'd be able to get up on your toes pretty easily. And I guess these big, fat, maximalist shoes, which have a lot of cushioning, you're still able to get up on the, the toes of your feet quite easily and that toe off. Um, yeah, basically, um, yeah, it makes that toe off a lot easier. Yeah, no, that's that's a really yeah. good answer. Man, have you got time? I've got one last question here, but I don't want to I've, – I've seen your little lady hovering around the background there, so I don't want to take up too much here. She didn't come in again. So. <laughs> well, yeah, awesome. Um, yeah. Last one, man. Don't feel like you have to go super long or anything like that, but from um, Don Bollock, he says, what does his typical week look like, fitting sessions and working? I know we touched on this briefly. Um, and the second part of that question is, when are we going to see a sub 210? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? You'll probably see a, a sub two ten, maybe from um, Brett on the weekend. We'll we'll see how the those hour restrictions have gone. Uh, I reckon he's referring uh, to you specifically with that question. <laughs> I, um, I think I think maybe Lake Biwa was a pretty good chance to go that, and I think. Because with all those flights and stuff like that, I got delayed and I missed the um, the meeting. So I wasn't sure whether we were allowed to go on the right side of the road. So there was um, the roads were shut off, but there was no cones through the middle of the road. So um, some athletes were taking the shortest route, but I wasn't sure if that was the case because majority of the Japanese runners were always sticking to the left side of the road. Um, and it would only go on the right side of the road for a corner. But there were so many sections where it was a gradual, slow right-hand turn, which you could have taken probably 50 or so metres off quite often. Um, and I was just thinking, do I go on the right side of the road? And I'm oh. just like, no, you can't risk getting DQ'd. I don't know the yeah. rules here, so you just got to stick with sticking to the left and doing what all the other Japanese runners are doing because I, I, I obviously missed that um, briefing and, yeah, I'm not happy with Qantas about that one. Because so. <laughs> um, yeah, what did you run, like, 210? Oh, it was, it was pretty high. I think it was like 210.48, but yeah. there was time there and I guess there was a little bit of time with the conditions and a lot of that race was solo. So if I'm... I guess if I'm in a race where I get to tuck in a fair bit and get a bit of a good ride, then even if it's to halfway, then I don't know. Maybe I might have been a bit closer to a sub-210. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll try and attempt that in the next race if I can get into some good shape, um, yeah. which I don't have a clue when that is. <laughs> yeah, and, awesome. yeah, if, if my next race is the Olympics, then it's probably not going to be likely that you can do it sub 210 there because it's going to be pretty warm conditions. So that'll be a factor. Yeah, true. I'm not sure if you heard the first podcast, but pretty much you you navigating your work and your um, your training originally, is that just, just any time you can get in the, the training around work is when it's done? So whether that's early or whether that's late? Uh, well, I before I started working full-time, I was always a, a – do a double run so when i was back uni life or whatever else i was doing double runs and stuff like that but once i started 
working is just like I've just got to be smart about um, using my time because and I'm probably a bit of a night owl. Um, I struggle to get to sleep at night and then I wake up in the morning and I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a zombie. So um, I kind of try and maximize the amount of sleep I can get in the morning. So set the alarm and it's basically two alarms and then it's 10 minutes and I've got to be at the door and another, the third alarm goes off. So um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not leaving myself much time to get to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've eliminated the morning runs and just stack it after work. Um, whenever I finish work, that could be late, it could be early. And uh, I used to have a training squad and used to have lots of training partners that I could run with. And that was absolutely great times when I used to have that. So um, unfortunately, um, I don't have a training squad anymore. Um, a lot of my friends have all retired. <laughs> running so it, it's that accountability to not try like to be at training by a particular time or meet up for a particular time for a run i guess i kind of it's kind of good and helps out with work for the fact that i could be working and commuting a large distance so i might not be able to make it in that time but um there's that i guess i've got that flexibility to do when i do a run when i need to but I do miss those times when I had those guys to run with. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, I just stack my runs in the afternoon and um, just depending on what I'm training for, if it's a marathon, then I'm trying to average roughly about 30K a day. Um, yeah, that's the plan. And uh, say with my structure of my training for a week, generally Tuesday is my key session. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday's easy jog. Tuesday is a key session. Uh, Wednesday is a, a slightly longer run. Um, and then I used to do a lot of kickdowns on that Wednesday long run, but with work and stuff like that, I've kind of not been able to do that kickdown all the time anymore. So um, it's been a bit disappointing that I can't do that because I feel that that's probably a key key session or a key run that helps with the marathon. So, um, yeah, that's kind of came out of my program. Um, so it's generally a Wednesday long run with Thursday. It's a, another session and generally it's a little bit shorter and sharper. Uh, Friday is an easy run. Um, yeah, obviously trying to push up towards 30 K. Um, and I guess with these easy runs, my, the pace that I go is just dependent on, how I'm feeling if I'm absolutely cooked um am I I'm super sore then the pace is what it is and I've had runs where I run slower than five minute k so it's yeah yeah, it it doesn't necessarily need to be quick but generally I try and keep about 430 pace um and then when I'm feeling good or I'm just floating around and it feels effortless and I feel that it's not taken away from my next training session, I might go a little bit quicker, sub fours or a little bit quicker than that, just depending. Like sometimes I get into a really good groove and I'm barely breathing at all and I'm down towards 3.30s or something like that. I try and not go any quicker than that because that's just silly and it's taken <laughs> away from the session. So, yeah. Um, and then a Saturday, 
I'm, I'm generally doing a threshold, a, a long threshold. A 10, 10K is kind of standard, but with marathon training, I'd push out to 16K or so. And um, Sundays are 40K runs. And sometimes I do a bit of a, a pace run in it. And I guess that's kind of all dependent on um, if I've been a bit lazy during the week. If I've missed a day, um, so did you say I, 40, 40 minutes or 40, 40 Ks? Oh, did I say 40 minutes? I, I, I don't know if I just imagined that, but I just, I just <laughs> yeah, in case, sorry. like, that'd be 40 I, I possibly Ks. possibly did, sorry. Um, 40, 40 K, yeah. uh, I try and do on a Sunday run. That's, that's what I do in, like, kind of when I'm doing a marathon program, but if I'm not training for a marathon, it's probably 20, 25, sometimes 30 K, something around that. Um, and then, yeah, I might be throwing in a session if I've been lazy or if I've had like a, a hard day at work on one of my days and I may have missed a session on say Thursday or something like that, um, then I might be adding a session into that Sunday long run, which obviously I feel that Sunday long runs. And if you're trying to get towards like a race pace in a Sunday long run, then it's kind of race specific for a marathon. So there's definitely benefits in something like that. Yeah, awesome, man. Dude, that was that was great. We've been going for a while, and I know your alarm's probably – what time is your alarm set for tomorrow morning? Uh, my first alarm is 6.10, 6.11, and then 6.20. Uh, <laughs> awesome. So, All right, well, yeah. stop talking to me, man. Go get some sleep. But, <laughs> hey, um, so good to see you again, man. And thanks thanks so much for coming mm-hmm. on. I'll, it's uh, Thursday night. I'll, I'll probably post this one up on the, the members thing tomorrow. tomorrow. So I'll, I'll shoot you a message when it's up. But – Hey, always, always fun to have a chat, man. That was good. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks for having me on. No worries. I'm going to get a, um, a selfie for my Instagram story so that I can post it tomorrow with something different, all right? So stay right where you are. Um, I've got the footy in the background, me and you. <laughs> awesome, brother. I love it. You got the footy. That was good, Who's man. winning? <laughs> no, well, Who's Port winning? 1. Port 1. Port so what does one. that mean? Okay, yeah, I'll pick Shalonga. that one. Shalonga got yeah. another chance. <laughs> yeah, right, is bro. it close or not? Um, yeah, so it was Port, what have they done? Port won by 16 points, 58 to 42. It's a pretty good win by Port. Yeah. Bloody hell. No, good stuff. Anyway, one day we'll see Carlton back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully soon. Fingers crossed. All right, brother. Sleep well, and I'll, uh, I'll chat to you soon, man. Thanks again. Yeah, sweet as, mate. Cheers. Cheers.